Hi and welcome. My name is Josh Stone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. The Ignite podcast is dedicated purely to the engineering and construction industry. Join me as I interview serious change makers, leaders and business owners who are creating significant shifts in the industry, leading inspired teams, running successful businesses and in general making big things happen. As the old saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This podcast is all about bringing like-minded change makers, leaders, and business owners in the engineering and construction industry together to share their stories, their strategies, their ideas, and their mindset on what's working for them right now in order to help you learn from the best to implement and to grow as well. Now, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. In the meantime, hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. Today I've been joined by Andy Alagapin. Mate, welcome to the call. Thanks, Josh. Thanks a lot for having me on, mate. Really do appreciate it. Yeah. Easy, mate. Thank you for agreeing. You know, obviously you and I caught up a while back. Super yeah. interesting journey. So pretty, pretty keen to sort of unpack that today. But maybe, mate, just start out, let us know a bit about you and, and your business. Yeah. So I'm a controls and planning professional. So I write methodologies and programs for complex projects. Any project that's over 20 million, something like that, I suppose. So yeah, so I've I've had a career doing this. I've worked in the oil and gas industry, iron and steel manufacturing. Then I moved on to telco and recently construction. So I've kind of had the pleasure of kind of working for different and doing the same thing, which not many people do get in their careers, I suppose. So it's, it's quite, quite an exciting journey. And off late, after being in construction for about five years, I've set up my own consulting business here in New Zealand called Strategic Planning Co, where I provide consulting project planning services and project control services to various different organizations in New Zealand. I guess, yeah. Yeah, good, mate. And what made you take the leap into business owner world? Am I really a business owner? I'm not I'm not working on the business. I'm working in the business. Yeah, right. Okay. That's a convo so, for another day. <laughs> I, I'm sure it is. So yeah, I'm I'm I would say more than a business. I am I'm a consultant, really. I need I need to figure out how, how I'm gonna expand that, which I haven't figured out yet. I'm still trying to establish my market. You know, I've kind of worked for twenty two different organizations in the last eighteen months. So <laughs> my life's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, mate, awesome. And I guess so like probably before you started your business, like maybe tell us a bit about, you know, your journey. Obviously you worked across a whole bunch of different industries, but like what were some of the kind of highlight working not for yourself first? Yeah, we'll dive into sort of working, you know, working for yourself and, you know, all the fun and stuff you're having now. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So I started off my career with an oil and gas company. Back then I was I was young and I really wanted to party. I didn't want to learn. This is fresh out of uni. I was like, yo, <laughs> got some money in the bank, let's party. So didn't didn't do much of the learning there. And but then but then my career really launched off when I came to New Zealand. And I, I used to work for the Glenbrook Steel Mill as a shutdown planning engineer. Started really getting into planning and started understanding what works well in kind of the iron and steel manufacturing sector. I was still I was still a junior planner, so I'm not sure how much value I added there, but my career really kicked off in the ultra-fast broadband project when I started working for like laying the telco cables or laying the UFB. I think you have a similar network in Australia, mm-hmm. yep. the fiber network. Yeah, yep. so it's the same thing, different challenges, the importance of data, 
And what, what I kind of realized was all of these different industries that I worked in, they, they, they do some things well and they do some things not so well, right? But I stepped into construction and day one of my job, I just wanted to quit my job, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, this is not even organized chaos. This is just chaos. <laughs> but then, then I stuck it out and I stuck it out there for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, it's a great opportunity. You know, if there's anywhere I can influence change, it's in the construction industry where there's, where there's mass amounts of chaos. So, yep. so I'm not saying construction is really bad. <laughs> okay. chaos, chaos influencer, hey? Yeah. So, yeah. No. Nah, so. Yeah. Good. That's the journey. And I guess for viewers and listeners who don't kind of know about, you know, control planning and that sort of stuff, maybe a little bit about a little bit of a deep dive into kind of the work that you do, the kind of problems you help your clients solve and that sort of thing. Yeah. So as part of strategic planning, I kind of have four different offerings, right? So it's like, I've kind of grouped it. So it's like quite easy and simple. So it's, I do a bit of tender planning. Tender planning is all about where a client wants a building built or, you know, government wants a road built, bridge built, whatever. They, they go out to tender these multiple different companies or construction companies and, and you need to submit a program of works with your tender. So I assist construction companies develop the methodology the logistics plans, and then they'll have a sequence on how the entire building or road or bridge, whatever it may be, is going to be built. And I use tools like Primavera P6 or Asta Power Projects to kind of develop a program of works, resource load them, so you can clearly articulate who does what, where, when, and how much of it. Okay, so down to personnel as well? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because yep. people, are, people are the most important thing. Without them, you're not doing anything. <laughs> True. Right? Yep. Yeah, so the, the most important aspect as far as I'm concerned are the people. But yeah, then that's tender planning, right? Then I do execution planning. I help them monitor the developed program over a period of time and give them strategic advice on where they, if they're losing time, gaining time. Um, if they're losing time, what mitigation measures they could set in place, the risks, the opportunities that are upcoming and, and how to act on them. Those are the sorts of things I kind of come up with clear strategic reports, one simple pager, one pager reports. I, I believe in clear communication, right? So it's like, yeah, awesome. keep it simple, keep it simple. Yep. So that's what I focus on in like the execution planning. Then there's like change management. So I've never written a program that's gone to plan. <laughs> never, not once in my life. Yeah, right. Change is the only constant. So big project management companies kind of get paid a lot of money to effectively manage that change, right? So I assist in managing that change of processing variations and understanding the impacts of change events on the program on time. So that's change management. That's my third offering. Yep. And then I've got delayed dispute resolution, which is, yeah, in, independent expert advice. I'm not, not an expert, but it's just, it's, uh, industry calls it, that's the terminology that the industry calls us. It's like uh, independent experts. So we step into a situation where the contractor and the client don't really, yeah have problems agree yeah they disagree on a lot of different things and obviously you have a contract in place and yeah i then use different delay analysis techniques based on information available to try and articulate whose accountability the delay was or what the root cause of delay was right and and who's accountable for that root cause so yeah uh, not my favorite kind of work but yeah, yeah. i can imagine it would get pretty heated more than heated i think it's the amount of data i've got to manage yeah right uh, it's the it's the crazy amounts of data. Not not that I'm complaining. It's the uncategorized data that I have to then deal with to do the analysis. Yep. Is, is yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, a lot right. of work. 
a lot of work. And I, I just think that, that sort of work is like kind of ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, not influencing positive change in the industry. Yes. Yeah. And yes. certainly like, you know, the stuff that I've seen you posting in the conversations that we've had is more about that sort of positive influence of change. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, mate, to kind of distill down, yeah, the stuff that you do is really when, when a client wants to go from A to B, you kind of tell them the timeline to get there, how they're going to get there and the personnel required. Yeah. Who does what, where, when, and how much of it? Simple. So good. Awesome. Thank you. No, I just yeah. know there'll, there'll probably be some questions about what is that? So, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, mate, on to your clients, like client relationships and that sort of stuff. Like what have been some of the, I guess, tools and strategies? Obviously, going out on your own means that you need to build and develop yeah. lasting ongoing relationships and that sort of stuff like what's your kind of core focus when it comes to you know developing those deep relationships with clients so they keep coming back it's providing an effective service right so planners are few and far between in new zealand don't have good you, you've got schedulers you've got, got you've got a few schedulers schedulers are people who who'd, who'd get the data into a program right they're not yeah. necessarily thinking about the strategy the logic you know how do we get from a to b like you said not many planners in new zealand and not many yeah. So it's, it's, it's about keeping it extremely simple and clear, effective communication. Yeah. Yep. So, so I have the strategy that, that I can't employ. I, I try, when I, when I actually go take on a project, I'm already thinking about my exit strategy. I'm going, how can I get out of here as soon as possible, but add the maximum amount of value and leave because the last thing I can do as a consultant is become another bum on a seat. Cause I'm not, I yep. sh- that's, that's not what, why I'm a consultant, right? It's not why people pay me money. People pay me money to come in, get rid of problem, get out. Awesome. Yep. Love it. And that's going well? Oh, I mean, swimmingly. I've, like I said, I've, got, I've worked for 22 organizations in 18 months since I yeah, started right. strategic planning. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's good. People keep calling me back, which is awesome. Yeah, nice. That's good. <laughs> Absolutely. And like to dive into that a bit more, like I, I talk to my coaching clients a lot about really understanding your client's world and like what are the, what's the real problem that we're trying to solve? And a lot of times it's just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm an engineer and I'm doing calculations or I'm, yeah. and it's like, well, no, that's not actually the real problem that you're trying to solve. And if you can actually stop, slow down, think about your client's world, think about the problems that have an experience and the way at which they look through the lens of life. If you, if you can actually slow down and do that, you just, you just get such a better insight into your client's world around how you can solve their problems better. And so- yeah. I guess for you, mate, like what's, what's kind of like the real problem that you're solving for your clients? Like we talked about getting from A to B in the, in the quickest possible time, but like, you know, what's, what, what's kind of the underlying problem there that you're solving for them? Effective communication. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's clear. It's pretty simple for me. It's uh, people think like, you know, planning like masters of the dark arts. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's not, it's, not, it's lines on a piece of paper, man. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how you interpret that. Right. And, and, and there's like, that's that's pretty much all I focus on. It's like, how do I get this message to the guy laying bricks, you know, putting timber up? How does he look at a piece of paper and understand what he must be doing today at what location and how much of it, right? And then how, do, how am I able to then get data back from the field and, and feed it back to them in a timely fashion? It's really simple. It's, I, I try not complicate anything, right? Clear communication, well-structured program, program flows everybody can understand it use plain simple language effective communication but recently i'm kind of like focused on like innovative 4d and and that's that focuses around effective communication as well 
you know? So in a, we normally produce pages and pages of Gantt charts, right? Whereas it's real good detail and the logic is great. I don't believe it's the most effective form of communication, right? Why would I expect somebody to read 20 pages of a Gantt chart, you know, and try no. and understand exactly the sequence that works? Yeah, you so, lose them. Yeah, I'd absolutely lose them. Lose them in the first six minutes, <laughs> right? So how about we, you know, so, so what I'm currently focused on is kind of linking the program to a 3D model so you can run a simulation of how the building's, building is to be built. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that, that's new. Have you like started to roll it out with your clients? I've rolled it out unsuccessfully six times. Okay. <laughs> I've successfully once very recently. Yep. How is it yeah. received? Really, really good. Like, so I'm still trying to identify more use cases for 4D planning. I don't, I think we're just scratching the surface of the potential this could lead to, you know, like, because yep. the world's moved down. It's, it's all like, you know, one minute learning is a big thing. Yes. It's a huge thing, right? So I'm trying to bring one minute learning to construction like TikTok. Why right. not? Very interesting. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm giving it my best go, but yeah. So you, usually some, some of the use cases that I'm going through right now is, you know, obviously there's a sales pitch, which clients love it. It's, it's a great sales pitch. Yeah. But packed on one side, that doesn't build buildings. Yeah. I'm focused on how do you build buildings, right? Yes. So the other use case I'm kind of currently using it for is I'd give, normally the site guys, I'd give them like a look ahead program. I'd be like three weeks, this is what you need to do. And it'll be a series of tasks filtered for three weeks and say, so what you need to focus on. Instead of that, I now give them a snapshot of what the site should look like by the end of the month, by the end of the week. Right. So on and so forth. And what I've started doing now is I've, I, I print them out in like A3, a snapshot of what the site should look like by say end of August, end of September, end of November. And I stick it up in the smoker room. Yep. Yeah. So now subconsciously, every time he's walking in, he sees in big ball letters, end of September, site should look like this. And then he walks on the site. What do you think he's thinking? How do I make the site look like that? <laughs> exactly. Right. So I'm trying to improve those forms of communication. I don't know. I'm trying different things, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mate, I love it. Cause it's, it's, Visual. It's, yeah, it is. It's visual learning, but it's also leading to people. People consume information differently. People learn differently. But also, you're like, you're 100% right. That subliminal kind of thing that's on the wall every time they walk in. Uh, yeah. That's why I talk to my clients all the time about, like, have your North Star or your vision somewhere where you can see it all the time. Because even if you're not, you know, staring at the wall, taking it in, it's there. It's and there. you're always kind of, your subconscious is working on ways to go, okay, well, I, you know, my next goal is X. How am I going to get there? Exactly. Yeah. And then the other use case for 4D planning is obviously delay and dispute resolution. I've always struggled to kind of articulate what causes a delay, you know, like how do you clearly communicate that? What if you could have two different models running, you know, look at a, two different sets of data and running simulations saying you could clearly pinpoint where things started going wrong yeah. and why. Unreal. <laughs> That's what, that's what delay analysis is all about. So then say hypothetically, hopefully it doesn't happen, but I get pulled into a courtroom and, and, and I'm asked as an expert witness to explain um, what, what went wrong, and, you know, rather than me sitting and trying to tell people what a nib wall is and you know, concrete and make, explain all the methodology. I could then run two different simulations run side by side. Oh, that's so clear. good. Yeah, and and run and run from like a sort of three D, or run it from a actual visual image of what could have happened, what did happen, that kind of thing. Yeah, planned versus actual. So, awesome. So this is what like was it. intended, 
but this is what actually happened. And the reason is the change introduced. Yep. Force measure, whatever, I don't know. Could be a number of things. Oh, mate, it reminds me of, like, I love that sort of stuff. And that's kind of, we're talking really about innovation now. Like, it reminds me of, you know, when, when I was a civil engineer, I was a project manager working on a three and a half thousand lot master plan community. And we had the design team, you know, running 12D and AutoCAD and, and building the design for the subdivision. And we we had a lot of like, there was a, you know, you have whole points throughout the design and we would send the client who were quite a hands-on client. They wanted to be part of the whole process and see what, you know, their lots are going to look like. And was that lot elevated above the road or was it below? And what did that look like? And like, if, could they put themselves in the potential buyer's shoes and sort of stand there and picture their lot? and that they were going to potentially buy. And so you yeah. send them all these 2D pieces of paper that with like spot levels on it, which is, you know, <laughs> compared to road RL2, this is RL1.5 and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And we, we, just, we got constant kind of feedback. Is there a way that you could produce, can you, can you show us something like we can't, yeah. we can't picture it. And we actually then spent some time looking at the capabilities of 12D and yeah, you can do these 3D simulation fly-throughs and stuff. And it was like a, yeah. it was something that the platform allowed for but it's not it's something you'd never as a consultant thought about hey what if we got our client into the the boardroom and put the 3d thing up on the on the screen and actually just yeah. drove drove him down his estate road and you could stop here's lot four okay yeah that looks pretty good here's lot five or oh, what if he just lifts that up a bit and it, and it was a game changer like again oh, it was yeah. just something that was so simple but it was again stopping and thinking about your client's world, they've got to sell yep. lots. So that's, like, that's kind of their problem. Yeah, yeah. They don't engage you to do the design. They do, but like they engage you to solve problems. And so the yep. more you can think about that and help them solve that problem. Yeah, it was, yeah, anyway. 100%. Yeah. Ima- imagine if you could now get that into VR. Well, one of, we did, we tried that. It, again, was, this, is, this is probably 10 years ago. Oh, no, probably seven or eight. Anyway. Let's, let's go 10 years ago. Yeah, the contractor on site built a full dark room. We got VR goggles. We got all of the consultants to put all of their pipe work, sewer, stormwater, civil design, everything into one kind of model. And you, it, was pretty, it, was pretty, it was pretty clunky. But yeah, you could in that room stand and kind of walk around and walk up the street. And anyway, we, we did it for service or clash detection in terms of yeah. making sure that everyone's services weren't going to run into each other. But yeah, it was just this cool kind of dark room out on site that you could go yeah, into yeah. the vr goggles on yeah it's cool so so today technology has evolved and you yep. don't need it you don't need a dark room you could just carry along your oculus quest too it's something i own so you just pick it up and you could get a 3d model in there and you can set up anywhere oh, that's unreal that's Mate, um, so good crazy cool and I, I think my ideal goal would be to move the models into the vr goggle to run simulations oh good this stuff's fascinating yeah, I mean, it blows my mind. I love it. I, yeah, I get out of bed thinking about the shit every day. That's so good. Yeah, mate, you mentioned something before that's kind of where I wanted to steer the conversation around. Again, I do a lot of work with my clients around strategy and psychology. So you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you don't have the right psychology, mindset, thought process, that kind of thing, you kind of, you know, you got the car in second, you're in a bit of a ditch, and you're just spinning the wheels, kind of thing. So, what do you think have been the I guess the personality traits or skill sets that have really sort of served you on this journey so far, like what are your strengths? My strengths personally. Yeah. <laughs> that have really served you. I, I talk a lot. 
helps. <laughs> it helps helps a lot. I I uh, drink a lot of beer. Yeah, that helps okay, a lot also too. Also helps. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and not not by myself, but you know, I'm out socializing quite a lot. Thanks for clarifying. So. Yep. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> okay, just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. No, I mean, social events are great. Like it's obviously it it for me it still comes down to communication, right? <laughs> just yep. basic communication, and I'm making an app abundantly clear why i'm there what's my purpose can i serve my purpose and leave right mm -hmm. and in some of the personality traits i mean some people that i run into always know better <laughs> that's yep. quite interesting <laughs> i i run into a lot of them in the construction industry which is quite quite cool it's like they they always know everything which is like you know they're they're yeah is that a good thing in, in terms of they know better or you're saying that from a negative point of view and they can't be told that they won't see new ways of doing things they can't see the wood for the trees kind of thing from a negative perspective yeah right right so i mean take google for an example right google's really shown us the power of data yeah yep and you know i'm i'm all pro digitalization pro data driven decisions you know let's not make emotional decisions let's focus on mm -hmm. making data driven decisions and, and that's what I like to take my planning to is, is are we making a good logical data-driven decision? And, and there are some people that I'll never be able to convince because they know. <laughs> but, then, but then there are other people, a lot of the younger generation as well, I think. I mean, not just younger generation, even, even the older generation, they're all picking up on, you know, they can't run a thousand logic links in their head. Right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you could, you, could, you could know it all, but, but you, you, you can't run five scenarios and a thousand logic links in your head. It's it's impossible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so people are coming around, which is quite cool. And 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 I've I've always said this: like the importance for time is never appreciated at the start of a project. It's way more appreciated towards the end of a project when they when they're in delay. When they're running out of time, or they have no time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So why why wouldn't you set a program of works to start with 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 your entire scope of works at the start yep. and and have a lot more effort put into your program at at the start rather than focus a lot more and spend a lot more money at the back end. 100%, yeah. Yeah, well, that's your most valuable asset. Time is your most valuable. It's, it's way more important than money. You know, yep. you, you, you lose money, you can make money, no problem. You lose time, it's gone forever. Yeah, 100%. So what's more important? Yep. Um, am, I, am, am I doing a good sales pitch? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> what do I sign? So you talked about communication being a core, core, core skill or trait for you that sort of really served you. Anything else like you've noticed, you know about yourself to be true that sort of really helped you, probably particularly since you launched your business, like what's really served you to, you know, firstly launch the business, but sort of grow and sustain it and then grow it. I'm, I, I can switch between being an introvert and extrovert, which really helps, right? Yep. I mean, starting a business has come with its own challenges for me. It's, it's, you know, I mean, I had to learn accounting. I had to find the attention seekers to do, help me with the marketing, which is cool. You know, yep. I mean, all these things that I didn't know I needed. And, and I had to get out there and start learning all of that. But um, so I do business dev in the morning. You know, I'm attending meetings. I'm collecting information. I'm, I'm doing all of that for various projects during the day. Was when do I actually do the work? You know what I mean? So yeah, pretty nocturnal. So I switched to an introvert. And I'm, I mean, into a nocturnal almost. Set up, set up pretty much. I start work at about 7 p.m. and go through the night kind of just working, you know? Cause I don't get interrupted. It's quite cool. So yeah, yeah. I, I've tried to find that balance. And then I'm in between that I've got family time, which is quite cool too. So 
I, I don't know. What are the tricks? Yeah. Friendly. I'm, I'm a real friendly person. It's just, yep. you know, I, it's, it's, it's easy to communicate with me. And it's, I mean, yeah. What else? Mate, you make me think. <laughs> well, that's the idea. Yeah. That's the idea. Being curious. It sounds like you've got a good sense of also your values too, around like everything, the things that you find important and making time for them. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I love snowboarding and I'll, I'll take time out to go snowboarding. No questions yeah, asked. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, you, you, need, you need a little bit of mental relaxation as well, right? I can't. Yep. I can't. I can't keep running it 100 miles an hour. See, here's another trait. See, I'm. I don't always deliver. You know what I mean? Like, I, I pick the key moments of of when. I know it's time to deliver, and I give it 110. percent After that, I'm going. Okay, I need to calm down, recharge, and then. I think it's identifying those key moments when you're required to deliver mm-hmm. and you show up and you deliver is really, really important, I think. Yeah, awesome. Maybe but, tell me more about that. How do you define those key moments? So I'm a big Formula One fan, right? So let's, let's, let's use Formula One as an analogy here. So say I'm Lewis Hamilton. I don't, I don't have to be driving the car at 110 miles an hour every single day, but Saturday is quality. Sunday is race. I'm expected to show up and deliver. Yep. So you do. Yep. Right. But then no questions asked. You're given 110% on a Saturday and a Sunday. You, you got time from Monday to Friday to chill if you're a Formula One racer. Yep. Yeah. And it's the same for me. Right. So if, 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 if I have critical meetings that I'm expected to take control of and actually deliver, I will prepare. I will go, I'll give it 110% show up and deliver. And then if I have to take two days off after that, I won't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's but it's identifying those moments when you have to deliver. Yeah, I mean for a Formula One driver, it's predefined. Yes, correct. Yeah. For you and me, it's not, right? Well, the the trap that so many of our everyone in our industry falls into is just being on one hundred and ten percent for forty or fifty or sixty hours a week. And you so that's one hundred percent. Yeah, you and so that's it's a massive challenge at the moment because there's so much work on. Yeah, is how do you define those key moments? How do you turn up and deliver? But also, how do you switch off? Like, any tips around that? Like, how do you actually, do you intentionally transition to your downtime? Is it actually like a mental kind of thing? I'm taking tomorrow off. I'm going to do nothing. Like, what's the process for you there to switch off? I, I try and build structure into my life, right? So I try and hit the gym four times a week, minimum. Like, I have to. I have to sweat it out. That's, that, that's part, of my, part of my ritual to kind of cool down. And then, yep. and then, then every time I kind of find myself really flustered i or i know i'm headed towards burning out i i do a lot of breathing exercises that helps me calm down you know block nice. breathing yep. you heard of block breathing yeah uh-huh. so, I'm, yep. so i'm all about sitting down for five minutes and just doing some block breathing yep. and just calming the nervous system that's it reducing the heart rate down and then refocusing and then re-strategizing on where i need to put my efforts to get maximum value yeah so and good. And at that particular point, if I go, right, I'm going nowhere, that's when I take a day off. Or I'm sitting in meetings and I'm, I'm losing my cool. That's, that's, that's another telltale for me to go. Now, Andy, mate, you need a, you need a break. <laughs> I yeah. tell myself, yeah. And are you okay taking a break? Like I know people who have strong achiever and driver parts of their personality. Like they go, oh, I'm taking a break. But then like half an hour later, they're just kind of back to it. And then two hours later, they're straight back into it. Like how do you... 
is that sort of a self-talk thing or how do you know that it's time to take a break and how do you actually intentionally take a break? If it's, if it's winter, it's pretty simple for me. <laughs> I will take yeah. a break. Mountain. Mountain, mate. Yeah, mountain's yep. calling. Mountain's <laughs> always calling. But during the summer, yeah, like I said, I, I've identified what my signs are. It, it's taken me a while to identify what they are. Mm. To I think that's the most important thing is to first self-identify that you actually need to break. And the, and the second part is closing that laptop, shutting everything off, turning off the emails on your phone, turning off the phone and, and going, yep, I, it's me time. Oh, it's family time, whatever it is. Like, like my wife wouldn't let me bring the phone onto the dining table, you know? Yeah. Good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I love it. So it's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm at the dinner table, it's dinner time. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Mate, every, everything is just set aside. Don't care if the phone rings 20 times. doesn't matter. Yep. So awesome. it's just a few, few little things. These, these, these little structures that we put in place yeah. really, really, yep. really helps. Yeah. But I, I like what you said. That's a, that self-awareness first yeah. is key. Like if you don't know you're getting overwhelmed, stressed, burnt out, then, yeah. you know, it's, it's often too far advanced by the time you actually do recognize it. And it takes you so much longer to, to recover. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because cause then you just, there's always going to be shit that needs to get done. Yep, sure is. Question is, I mean, actually, the point is, if you don't do it, somebody else will. Yep. Yeah, and nobody, nobody's irreplaceable. Exactly, nice. Question for you, like, what are you still working on? Like, what we talked about, sort of personality traits and strengths you have right now that are really serving you. Like, what, what are things that are still work in progress for you? As in, from a technical aspect or from our probably more like what skills do you still have to learn to, to build your business and also like you know what traits do you notice don't serve you so some people have like a really strong people pleaser where they say yes to everything all the time and so they're, they're working on that some people are hot-headed and they keep you know getting into arguments with people so they're working on like yeah. on that like what's your next right thing in terms of your you know the thing that you're working on so i i need to what what, what i'm trying to work on is trying to figure out how I can actually translate my skill or transfer my skill to other people. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Everything has to be right. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to delivering work, and you can't have one line in the wrong place. No, it, it bothers me and I'll have sleepless nights. <laughs> right, good to know. Yeah, so I, I don't know. What I've really struggled with is if I hire, hire a staff, how do I then teach them what I know? I don't know. So that's part of the challenge that I'm really stuck in where I'm like working in the business and not on the business, like I said earlier. So like, yeah. I think I'm aware of that. I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know how to teach another person exactly what I, what I do. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask another person to come on and say, you're working on eight different projects all at the same time. I'm a madman. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's unfair for me to ask somebody else to do it. I mean, if, if that's not what they want, I mean, if, th if that's what they want, cool, well and good, but I don't know. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you're working on that. Yeah. Um, and this is actually one of the, the questions I wanted to ask you around, you know, your business vision, like where are you taking things? Like what does the next five years bring for you? But it sounds like you're toying with that idea of bringing on staff, but then you're yeah. not sure about how to actually delegate, translate what's up here into, into, into their brain so they can do it yeah. just as good as you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm really good, but uh, what, what I do, I try and do it to perfection. Yeah, no. otherwise I, I wouldn't do it at all. It's just simple yep. as that. But but yeah, you're right. I am I am trying to kind of work out 
how I bring people on. Do I bring experienced planners on? Do I bring young graduates on? Do I bring, you know, share the business and bring another business partner on who's also a planner who has a vision? How does all of that work? But I'm struggling between time to do work and got a few family commitments coming up. And yep. so I'm a bit all over the place right now, but manageably all over the place. Well, yeah. That's good to hear, mate. Yeah. And so what does the next five years bring for you and the business? I'm not 110% sure. Yep. I'm open to ideas. I'm, I'm, I've started my podcast as well. Yes. And if you, I'm, I'm sure you've listened in on it. Mate, yep. And for everybody else that's listening, it's shit, man. You remember the name of my podcast now? I'm talking to you. Const- <laughs> we'll put a link <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Construct strategically, Yarns with Andy. And that podcast is focused all around kind of bringing on people from the call face that work in the New Zealand construction industry to identify the key problems in the construction industry. Yep. I'm, de- I'm definitely passionate about what I do, really passionate about what I do. But would I be doing the exact same thing in five years or post five years? Probably not. You know, I want to I wanna add value to the construction industry yep. and form a digitalization. Would I, would I be writing programs after five years? Probably not. That's, that's not where I see myself going or where the, yeah. the, the business, yes. How I support that, how I formulate a strategy around that is things I'm working on, yeah. Yeah, good, mate. Oh, it's a nice place to be in terms of playing around with that strategy and, and having that, those options to, to see where things go. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a real interesting journey, I tell you. Yeah, mate. My last question. So obviously you are the sum total of all of your experiences and knowledge and all that sort of stuff now, and you've had wins, lessons, learnings, losses, all those sorts of things. Like if you got the opportunity to catch up with, you know, the 10-year younger version of yourself, what kind of advice would you give that version of you 10 years ago? I would have told myself to go into Formula One. <laughs> right. No, mate, no, that was my dream. Going into Formula One to become a race engineer was, has always been the dream you know, throughout my engineering years. But un- unfortunately for me, I, I graduated in 2008. Right. What does that when mean? The re- when the recession hit, the Lehman oh, Brother right. crash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And, and I was studying in Dubai and I was working towards, like, I worked on six different racetracks. It was great. You know, I spent my entire engineering career focused towards getting into Formula One or motor racing as a race engineer, as a strategist, right? Interesting. Yeah. And then it became a case of survival. And I said, I'm in a foreign country. The bank of mom and dad's only going to support you that much, right? Yep. And I was like, got to get into something, make some money. And then I've, I naturally fell into controls and planning. And, and yeah, here I, I am. I haven't left. But, but, but here's the thing, right? What I do is not very different from race engineering, if you think about it. It's race engineers manage change in milliseconds. True. I manage change over days, over weeks, months, years on a project. So you're so, pretty much doing it anyway. Kind of. Still, still not at 300 miles an hour. No, it could be in the five-year plan, though, from the sounds well, of it. As a, as a Formula One race engineer? Yeah. I think, I think I'm in the wrong country, and I'm, I'm a bit too old for that now. Well, we just have to set off watching it on telly, mate. Yeah, formulating my own strategy and yelling yep. at the race strategist. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I naturally do that. <laughs> oh, mate, so funny. good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for agreeing to catch up, mate. It's, it's been awesome learning about you, your journey, that sort of stuff. I think, yeah, mate, exciting times ahead for, for the business. Yeah, yeah. Let's stay in touch and see, see where things go. 100%, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate the opportunity. Easy. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Thanks. And talk to you soon. All right. Cheers, Josh. Thanks, mate. Awesome. 
Hi there. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Don't forget, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources. Or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. Don't forget also to hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Take care, my friends, and see you again soon.